Hello, and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Sox. And I'm Lori Sox. And today we'll be talking about our current IEP and also just IEPs in general. The IEP has been continued into the first part of the school year because the IEP was canceled and then rescheduled, and it, we tend to have long IEPs. We always do seem to have long IEPs. Very we long. talk to other people and we realize that. We have, he has a lot of services, which is great, which is wonderful. Um, and we ask for a lot of details. We request all reports ahead of time and all recommended goals. If there's any changes to goal, we, we request everything up front and that you are entitled to. So going into IEP, whether or not assessments are being done or it's just reports and what their goals, what their intended goals or the proposed goals. Because obviously in an IEP, the goals really aren't set until you're in the IEP because it is a team decision. But we request every report and proposed goal. So that way we have a chance to prepare. If and we get that ahead of time. Yes. Yeah, ahead of five, uh, yeah, four to five days ahead of time. We request in a written letter uh, to receive all assessments and reports and proposed goals f- at least four days in advance of the IEP. And that is actually, you're entitled to that to help you to prepare and be prepared to go into the IEP to make it a more expedient process. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be, supposed Which to be I expedient. Can't, I can't imagine. You know, imagine how long our yeah. IEPs would be if we didn't <laughs> get the information until about, the day of. They run about 10 hours in total. So obviously that's split in a couple of days. And this one, I kind of felt like maybe we could get it done in a day, but. It didn't. It just didn't work didn't out. Didn't happen. No, it didn't. We, we, but we did go in prepared. As I always say, go in prepared. Uh, request everything. Uh, we have learned to have a lawyer by your side, which uh, our last IEP, if you listen to that podcast, our last IEP, we went in for the first time ever without a lawyer thinking that there was nothing that they could do to harm Liam because there had already been... Um, so many violations against his previous IEPs and complaints filed and and lo and behold they they did pull they did try to hornswoggle us and pulled uh, tried to pull him off curriculum without the proper assessments being done and uh, so we had to go to due process for that and we learned our lessons so I know lawyers are very expensive and it's something that we just really budget and uh, along the way we found a really great lawyer who works with us uh, there are also advocates out there there's um, so many places that you can look but we, we highly recommend it because we feel like that that's a to have somebody on your side I think alleviates a lot of your worry and your stress and you have someone with you that knows the law because I think a lot of the problems happen because they count on the fact that you don't know the law and you don't know your rights, and that makes it easy for them to violate them. So whether or not you educate yourself in and brush up on everything or have someone sitting with you, whether it be an advocate or a lawyer, um, I, we just really see the benefit 
in that and we and we really encourage people to have somebody on their side that can advocate for them it's a natural strategy when you're negotiating something because these are tend to be negotiations one side feels one way one side feels another way in many aspects and when that happens it's the one with the knowledge that can stand their ground and and know you know if you if you know your rights then you know what you're allowed and if you realize oh well that's actually not in the that's uh, maybe that's I'm against. asking for something that's not correct right. or, or you're doing some like our last IEP they actually violated uh, Liam's civil rights the way that they, it was approached and uh, the way that they were attempting to dictate what they were going to do to our son's educational journey. So uh, it is nice to have someone to say, you can ask for that. No, you can't ask for that. And, and, I, and it's true that an IEP is supposed to be set up as a team. This helps people work it as does. a team. I mean, it would be like going in, to, I always think of going in to get a, a car. You basically know the, the basics, but you're relying on some of the people that are actually going to benefit to give you information. And that's, that's not a good place to be. You want to have the information yourself because you know that the other side, when it comes to these little debates or sometimes bigger debates and negotiations, the other side is a well-oiled working machine that knows the process. And we're just learning this. We do so it once nice a to year. Have someone they that, do like 300 right. a year. So it's and nice to have an attorney that's doing dozens a year. Right. So. Also, an attorney knows the law and it's logical and it's just the law. Uh, our lawyers serve to, she knows the law. She advocates for that. She can call it when they're going against the law. She can call them on the nonsense. She can keep them in line as the letter of the law. And it's a very non-emotional, logical, non-personal place that you want to be. So that way, no matter how many times I say, let's not, uh, to put your emotion to the side, to not be emotional, it's hard. I mean, there was one or two times that my, my voice cracked or got shaky when you're defending and advocating for your child. And there's, it's really hard to come from a non-emotional place because I, I do firmly always believe everybody is doing their best. Just there's a variation on what best means to a lot of people. And the best as far as how our child is being supported definitely has a profound impact on his life, on where he is right now, on what his education will be in the future, on the way he's viewed in society at this moment. If he doesn't have the support he needs for speech to develop his speech, no matter how high he is cognitively, if he can't express himself, people look at him and there's an immediate judgment made on our son, whether it be somebody in the school, another teacher, a person out in the world, there's a judgment made. And so the supports that he receives are very, very important. And when you come across a situation where they haven't been taken as seriously as as your child takes them or as they should be taken, it's a job, then it is really hard to not have that pit in your stomach or to be upset or to be angry. Um, anger, I find, doesn't really serve a purpose, but it can fuel you to find that place and focus to navigate to the situation uh, where where you want it to be. Yes, and also the attorney is going to know the lingo, and that's something that you'll you'll learn as you go. But there's definitely a lingo as in every situation you may get yourself into a new job or um, 
even just a hobby, would have lingos that you just don't know. So this is a way to get your questions answered uh, unbiasedly. Right. And, you know, by the time he graduates high school, we'll know it. We'll have it done right. <laughs> down. But right. when you're still learning and every year is a new thing and every year is a new challenge. And so it's nice to have somebody who who knows right off the bat. Well, while we're learning because it does directly affect Liam. And again, there's, you know, everybody, every parent I feel does what's best for their child and makes those decisions. So I always want to be perfectly clear that we support every parent doing what they believe is right for their child. What is frustrating to us is when a system will take advantage of said parent and their situation or their lack of knowledge and not be the team or the guiding force that they're supposed to be because ultimately it's the child who pays. So that's what, we're the advocates for the parents, we're the advocates for those children, and that's what that's what we're here for. Yeah, and if you can wrap your head around it, then there's less to fear. Right, and yeah, fear to be fearless. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we request everything, as I said, reports. This year I requested service logs because... I wasn't seeing the support, and also towards the end of the year, we found out that his OT had uh, left on medical leave and not been replaced. So there was six for weeks. two months, yeah, right, a month six and a weeks, half. Yeah. six weeks of the end of the but two months because the IEP, and then he still right. didn't get it for the end of the year. So, and that came to us from an assessor that told us, "Oh no, I haven't been doing his services. I'm just here for the assessment." So we found that out, and that made that put a big red flag on. And I'm a big uh, uh, proponent of if you f- get a red flag ask that's your right your right is to ask I put it in writing because that way it's been written down that you've asked and there's no question that you asked so you ask so I asked for a service logs so I was like would uh, receive the service logs and in short the service logs painted a picture of gross negligence in the support uh, that they were deficient 196 hours right not only in his occupational therapy, but in his speech and in his resource. Resource was the worst, and I and honestly, I believe it was uh, compiled with not doing services, but also the negligence of to fill out the reports, and then the complete disregard to even check and check with anything. And to clarify, a resource teacher would sometimes pull Liam out of class or push into class, and she would be a one-on-one teacher with him, and these are hours that are dedicated to him. If you want to look at the positive side, I could look at the speech he was receiving, the way it was implemented at the beginning of the year, which was definitely not the hours he was supposed to be receiving, the progress he was making in school and at home with his speech, then put it against when he is receiving his speech because the therapist changed and she tried to make up for the hours that he was uh, in lack of. And uh, when he was doing an oral report, and there was a definite increase in his speech, uh, his participation in class, and even the teacher and the students all commented on it. So that's a way that it can help you in a positive way. In a negative way, you see when someone, that your child isn't being supported in the way they're supposed to be, for whatever reason. And that can really hurt it can bring in a lot of emotions, but on the positive side too, you can say, okay, well, not supporting him. We see where that gets us, but look at what supporting him 
gets us. Look at you could you can compare it. I also bring in work samples. I save every spelling test, and I don't necessarily go through every one, but maybe one from the beginning of the year, one from the middle of the year, one from the end of the year, and you can show a comparison. I also videotape every all the homework. So after I've read the reports, if I find something where they say, you know, Liam can't mem doesn't have the cognitive ability to memorize a song. Uh, I, he sings every day to his uh, music that comes through the house and uh, I record him singing a song that he's obviously memorized and then I can say I'm not sure why this is what you see but let me show you what the reality of our child is and then in all fairness they have a perfect picture because there are some reasons where they would only see certain behaviors and so it's our job to show the full picture and honestly the year was I mean the year included a teacher strike uh the year included we were in due process and then there was uh implemental IEP that the resource teacher and our APIS tried to um bombard my husband because it was supposed to be a implemental IEPs you're supposed to go in and sign a sheet of paper that says we're going to implement everything that happened in due process well when he went in to just sign a sheet of paper and it was only supposed to take 15 minutes they kind of uh it was a bull it was very bullying in in my a bit of a railroad yeah a bit of a a bit of a I, I believe basically <laughs> they tried to then push their agenda they realized they had they had some gaps in what they wanted so they said well here's here's the goals that we are proposing and they and saw an opportunity that then, my husband was going in there alone without me or a lawyer and they thought that they could which they do very well there's a yes speak, to be honest <laughs> the attorney in our house is Lori. she is uh the most knowledgeable of the two of us and so I was the weaker link going into that meeting. But we also have a lawyer, to be like, to be yes. clear. We have a lawyer, and then yes. we have a Lori. Right. <laughs> uh, the most knowledgeable of the two of us would be Lori, who absorbs and researches for information. Um, and so being at, the, being at that meeting by myself, I, they may have seen an opportunity. And they've done that to you before. Yeah. It's the only place in, in life where they, they see you, and they try to take advantage of it. Yeah. So well, yeah, they've done they've done that before. So um, I and and also again, I what was a saving grace is again we also record every meeting and we put it in writing that we're going to record and clear up what putting in writing is. I type this would be a letter. A nice thing. I type a letter, and then I bring it in. I get a timestamp. So it goes to whoever it's addressed to, and it goes in my son's file. So that way, at the end of the day, if yeah, there's any... Yeah, they actually stamp it with the date. And the, yeah. And, and, and then, then they photocopy a copy and give it to you. So you have the letter that you wrote w mm -hmm. with the date that has been received right. to the school. So then you know that it has been. Doing that seems to be the best Because there's never... It, when they say, well, you didn't at, tell us you were going to record, I just go into my file I have, it, I have a date and I have it and it's time stamped so and also it's in Liam's file because you and, can always say I didn't get an email yeah or you know an email wasn't received or a right. letter wasn't received but when it's been stamped by an administration then and I understand that it can be frustrating and overwhelming to the front desk people who are I, I, I bring treats in for throughout the year uh, but it's important that the, the difference between uh, 
I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or I want people to like me and I'm just going to follow the letter of the law and I'm going to make sure I keep everybody on track and everybody has the right, same communication of here is my information, here's my request, it's in writing, you received it. If you didn't receive it, that's really not my problem in the nicest way possible. It's not my problem and we're going to record and I record every every meeting and I write it in every IP that we're going to record this meeting and every meeting. And that's kind of my backup of, uh, well, we've said we're going to record every meeting for mm -hmm. years, mm -hmm. uh, just in case for some reason that <laughs> I didn't get that letter to them. It's already been stated. I'm recording this IEP in every IEP. It's been stated for years. So and I believe it's protocol for them when they get a receipt, uh, a, a letter like that, they then are obligated to record as well. Or they have the opportunity uh, to. Right. And... Thank goodness. And we just Steven, record on a, on an iPhone. iPhone. We just, just so you know, we Steven just record, record any any way you it's need. It's easy. Yeah. And uh, thank goodness he did because it took me a long time to actually listen to that implemental IEP, and I didn't sign any papers until I listened to it, and it was horrible and disturbing. And I think we discussed that in a different podcast that there was a lot of personal opinions. Uh, that were spoken about my son by the resource teacher in the APIS and, you know, where they called him lazy and said he could get goofy and things like that. So I, in my letter to follow up among also requesting that they take these goals that they had proposed without the discussion of the team, I asked them to refrain, please, from personal comments on my son because it's not helpful. And I can't go into an IEP and say, well, you know, you didn't do 196 of your resource hours because you're lazy, because people are gonna say, hey, Lori, that's inappropriate. To say it about my son, it's just as inappropriate. And I'm not yes. sure why they feel it's okay to call my son lazy and goofy and things Weird, like that. Stuff like that. And that's and you where- you get those specific, yeah. by recording, you get those specific yeah. words and you say, this isn't okay. appropriate. And I then mean, when you have to go into due process, you, you can- You have this. There's there there's your resource teacher also calling your son. Also a great note to know, not only recording that meeting, is I walked out of there without signing anything. You, you never have to sign. You can have that piece of paper and go, great, I'll take this, I'll bring it back tomorrow. I'll bring it back later today. Whatever you want to say, you just get out of that room with it. Then you have a time to- Show it to your lawyer. Go over to yourself. Go over it with your partner. Go over it with your attorney, and say, right. "Okay, are we all on board here?" But you will you will be made to feel like, "Hey, let's get this done now because I got to get the ball rolling." If you really want things, you know, we have all these great things that are gonna start happening for your son if you just sign now. Oh, it was know? horrible! It was horrible what was in that, and I didn't sign it. No, we uh, ended I, up I not wrote a letter sign it saying said, these are the changes that need to be made. Of course, they never made them. And it all came up in the IEP. And it will all come up in due process as well if you have to go to due process. So you just keep a nice recording. Do we need to define what due process is? Do we need Due process is the next level before hearing. There are certain things that can happen if you don't agree to what's in the IEP. And one of the things you can do is a due process, which is, you know, you sit there and you have a representative from the school and a judge... Or the district, a representative yeah, uh, from the district. Yeah, from and the district. A, a, and a judge, uh, usually a judge that is now just a mediator. Yeah, a mediator. So it's like media. It's called, me. I guess people it would is call a it mediation. Mm -hmm. And then you discuss what you want. And, and most of the time you can get out of there uh, with reaching an agreement. Uh, we haven't gone. We to, haven't gone past that We level. haven't gone to court yet. But if you if you did not so reach agreement, then you can go, you would to, go to in take front it. of a judge. Yes. Um, There'd be a, an actual hearing type of thing. Right. Absolutely. So we went into the IEP with all the letters that we had written throughout the year with all the reports read 
mm-hmm. with the service log. I spent hours, hours, hours going through and cross-referencing it. And it was a lot of work, I'll admit. And at a certain point, I got to the point where I was like, well, this is a complete pattern I'm seeing. And it was very frustrating because I'd say all in all, I'm, I probably spent about 24 hours sitting and going through every single how service some of the, cross-referencing. And, yes, maybe you'd have speech at the same time that you'd have something OT, else. And it's like that. Or there was no travel time. Like he went from speech from 8.15 to 8.30 and then at 8.30 to 8.45, he was in resource. And but you it's had to like, go across campus. So like, it's things like that. So I so I actually did it on like in three different ways. Or you find ways. out maybe they got speech done that week, but they had speech. Maybe he gets two. Let's say just say he has two full hours of speech each week. Maybe they did two hours in one day. That's something that's also that you can also kind of say, silly. hey, that's. That's not helping them very much. No. So when I cross-referenced it, I did it in, on a calendar. Fa- I did it in three different ways as to accommodate everybody and how they process information. And also, there's no question as to the picture that's been painted. And I think that was the one emotional part because sitting across from the resource teacher who then, of course, had excuses and, and tried to defend what she had done, that's probably the one time I did get emotional because my point to her was the same inadequacy that she displayed in non-communication of giving us her records is is the same kind of work that she does with our son. And that's very frustrating because all in all, at the end of the day, what matters is our son. What matters is the support he receives. What matters is that he is able to reach his potential, that he's able to have goals that challenge him, that he's able, he has something like every other child, something to reach for. We'll discuss what we do on our own and over the summer in another podcast. But when you see the difference in how he's supported in school and when there's a negligence there, and then when we work with him, how he absorbs it. And one of the arguments they always make, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but they'll say, we don't want him to be frustrated. When he's not getting it, he gets frustrated, which I don't think we've ever really seen. I I think sometimes if it's too challenging, just like with anyone, there's like a check, there's a look that he gives, like uh, it's totally going over my head, but he'll still sit and try. What, What I found this summer was not the look of frustration when he doesn't get it, because I think that's, that is uh, displayed in a, a look where you can go, okay, let's go deeper. Let's approach this a different way. What I've experienced this summer is the joy that he has at understanding math, understanding money, uh, being able to read his words, spelling like he will come in with his iPad and his assistive technology that we have over the summer, uh, which we requested so he could work on it. He has that with his words in it. And he comes in with his words and he'll say alligator, A-L-L-I-G, and he'll read it off. And he's very excited mm-hmm. about, I think he knows he's learning things and that excites him. Yeah, and we've picked the iPad because it's a it's a it's it's something that he enjoys. So why not make it the the easiest avenue to actual he can carry work. that around like carry he's around. not relying he can, on us yeah and he he goes and digs into words that aren't even part of the scheduled words that we've prepared for him that kind of front load or 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 even past history words that we are reinforcing he'll choose right now he's on a kick of these animal words he's got like seven or eight different uh groups of 15 different animals that he 
I actually taught him how to, or just showed him once how to attach a photo to the word. So he really liked that. He liked when alligator came up that he saw an alligator and you basically pull the picture off the web and there's a way to do it easily through the app. I showed him once and he did it. And that was even in a learning experience. Um, for both I of don't you. see for both. Yeah. He taught me. I don't even, I don't see the frustration. I see, I would see a frustration if I, as the tutor at the time, what was frustrated with him. Mm-hmm. If I said, Liam, alligator is spelt, you know, and I, and I had a, sh- a stern voice, I could see that he would cower a bit if I did that. Um, but that doesn't work for him, obviously. You don't want someone to be frustrated. So what you do is you just keep going over and over. And when he gets it, it's the joy. Mm-hmm. And so when someone tells me one of his supports in school tells me that they're afraid of this or concerned for this frustration, it shows me that they've seen him frustrated maybe. And so it that enlightens you a little bit about how they're teaching him they get frustrated so mm-hmm. that's what he's responding from or they're just putting him in into the pool of kids that they that they see that are frustrated i mean they, it's not something that i think they it's possible it's not something they actually saw it's something that they go oh i don't want him to be frustrated because they deal with other kids and we know there's a certain amount of kids in the school that they see we know the percentage that are that have down syndrome and, I'm, and there's differences but for our child that happens to have down syndrome he's not a frustrated type not gonna Say every kid without with Down syndrome doesn't get frustrated. He gets frustrated on certain things. He gets frustrated, but not but, in school. But, but it's no. He gets frustrated in certain. Yes, and his sister or his yes. But he, when it comes to schoolwork, he's looking to, to succeed. And so when he does succeed and that's praised, he's thumbs up and excited. When he doesn't, he. But the thing is, there'll be a lot of, of of, of unsuccessful moments toward there. And that's okay, and and he's okay with it too. He's okay. He could be with un- it. unsuccessful a hundred times in a row and go ooh, or put his finger and go to his to his chin and go hmm. Uh, but he's going to respond to how we feel about yeah, that, right? And if I go, come on, we can do this. Let's keep. Let's try again and try again and again until he gets it. When he gets it, yeah, and he's excited. And that's so. If someone says that that's our son, and that's how we know when he say, when yeah. they say that 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 they're. So one of two things, they're either not doing it the way they should be doing it, teaching them the way they should be, or they actually hadn't seen that and they're just saying it because, or, or it could be a soundbite. I believe there's sound bites that the administration could give, you know, because these educators are being informed about certain situations. And I believe there's sound bites that are thrown out. I've heard it enough. That's another reason it's nice to have an attorney that's heard this in other schools or other people. And they go, ah, a light goes on there. I've heard that before. That's not an original statement that's happening from the situation. Right. It's something else. And let me say that for this IEP, and this is one thing I learned. Maybe I should save it for the end, but this is one thing I learned. We were very fortunate because the APIS had had been so challenging over the year. We had actually the principal at our IEP, who I don't know who your principal is, but we, we really do have an outstanding principal at our school. And he was there... And he had done, he had worked in IEPs before, so he knows the, the how it's supposed to go. The and process. he just had such a great attitude and real team attitude. And that really brought, I don't know if it was because he's the principal or whatever it was, but that brought the rest of the team as approaching this as 
yeah, this is a team. It, it was, was refreshing. <clears throat> it was refreshing. It was a better attitude. Also, he was taken by surprise by a lot of the information. I think what I learned is that the next time I'm experiencing so many challenges, because I, I see him often because we volunteer at the school, instead of just a vague statement of being challenged, if it's something like the violation of the IEP or the implementation IEP going so awire, or hey, they canceled the IEP the night before the IEP. Instead of just thinking that he, he, he runs a whole school, so instead of thinking that he might know that, it's my job to say, hey, look, you, you know, overall your umbrella is everything. You need to know that this is what's happening. And because he was legitimately really surprised at some of the things that were going on. Well, he's not in the trenches all the time. No, and I believe he's when in you all step- the trenches. I think there's right. a difference between in, being in all the trenches yeah. or just having this. And we're, like we said, we're one of hundreds of IEPs in that school. So I will say that the, there was a, a, a great blessing. I always try to find that silver lining. I hope that doesn't frustrate anyone. But the silver lining of going dredging through that AAPIS for years and always kind of stopping and writing. I I don't take anything personally to that person who's doing anything. No matter what emotion comes up, I write it down and I put it in. That's the best way because there's a record of it. Instead of seeing them in the hall and giving them a stink eye, you say, you write down in a letter in regards to the conversation on blah, blah, blah. Please refrain from the personal comments on my son, blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is, you write it down, you put it, it's in the file. But because there, I think there were so many letters over the last year and a half that we actually were very fortunate to have the principal sit in and what I learned was he was not privy to all of the challenges that we had experienced so I would say that the next time hopefully there won't be but if there's ever that many challenge legitimate challenges that I would definitely write a letter and make sure that he received it as well so he can because he's you know he needs to know what's going on in his school right and and we know we can't be the only ones that no. have had problems so I mean he he must have heard <laughs> what was this. that no, uh, he, he he must know this stuff. So it was very refreshing to have him there and to come from a different angle. And, I, and like I said about the, the trenches, he's in all of them, yes. But to be in this IEP trench day after day after day, it's just got to, I mean, I have to tell you, it, it, it could harden some people. It mm-hmm. could make them uh, have uh, uh, change attitudes in a negative way. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that can happen. We may have run into that. And this was nice to have a different perspective and he there were several things that he came to me and pulled Lori to the side but I remember one where he pulled me to the side about the service logs and said that it was embarrassing and it's something that needs to change so we feel good about that that's good for us in the future and for everyone else in the future but you also you made a point about hardening people you know just like we're there it's just it shouldn't be this way but we're there defending and they're there defending so it's two people defending, two sides defending. I think there has to be a breath and stop and listen and work together as a team. And I think right. that's what we experienced. Yeah, there is concern about the parent side and family side or the advocate side being hardened. And that's something that is only going to do an injustice to yourself. Right. So you have to stand firm and you have to be an advocate, but you don't have to harden yourself. Lori apologized for it, but it really is coming about 
coming to a point of finding the silver lining, trying not to be too emotional, trying not to take it personally. Because the last two things I said of those three, the other side's doing. They're not taking it personally. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I think I found so when many... I went over when I was talking about the service record. I think the passionate ones take it personally, just like we're passionate. Maybe I think yeah. the passionate ones were I like. I guess people wait, take wait, their wait, jobs let me s- in a personal. Yeah, if, yeah. Mm-hmm. It depends. Resource really wasn't <laughs> right. It's not funny at all. No, it's not. Uh, but but it's just you have to at some point, you know. And what we have to, you also need to be a human that feels, but but an excuse like it's medical hard. excuses or personal excuses from one side. There's a limit to how much that needs to be accepted. If someone is given a service to your child and they have a medical reason for not being there, that's okay. Someone else okay needs to be there doing it. For a, for a second. <laughs> the child should not suffer suffer from that. Just like the child's going to be held to accordance. Because he actually has a medical reason why he needs to have the support. <laughs> so yes. And that'll be held to him. So there's just no excuses. The IEP is challenging to navigate because... My experience is, is I'd work a lot on getting to that place of just going in there without emotion, totally prepared as much as you can. And you still, there's still the decompression. There's still the emotion that you carry with you. There's still the lump in the throat. There's still everything. So I think it's, it's definitely a process. And for every parent, you're doing what's best for your child. We're doing what's best, what we believe is best for our child. And so that's respected and are, we just want that to also be supported because it's it's hard. I think there's so many things as a parent in this mix. I have compassion for everybody that sits around that table, and I have an understanding that we're all human beings, and there's such a bigger picture here as far as humanity and peace and all those things that definitely come into play, that definitely are not to be diminished because it's right there at that table. As far as... The only journey that I really know personally, though, is that of the parent. And I feel like as a parent of a child with Down syndrome, that we definitely experience most of the challenges in more of a societal way, more of expectations, perceptions, stereotypes, and the same thing with school the expectations, the perceptions, the stereotypes, the putting them in a little corner, the, the just all of that. As a parent, it's so much bigger because it's personal and it's it's also the journey of a parent. It's that parent who, no matter who your child is, no matter what their challenges are, you have the same baseline concerns, baseline st- stresses. And you take that and then you compress it into a battle that you, it's unfair that you have to have this battle and it shouldn't be a battle. And that's something that came always comes up in our IEP because... It shouldn't be a defense. It should be like, all right, what do we do great last time? What are we going to do better this time? What have you seen? This is what I've seen. Let's do this. This is how we're going to lift this human being up until he can stand completely on his own. And he has that support and that confidence and that knowledge, which every child should receive. And I don't think that just having an IEP means they don't receive it. I think there are children without IEPs that could do with the same kind of advocacy. I, I think every child, I think every, actually every, most people in the world could use that same support and advocacy and that permission to be themselves completely. Because I know Liam gets judged so so harshly. He's like, excuse my language here, but damned if you do and damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. 
the bar is this low on certain things and very then, low but then as soon as he hugs somebody or throws a pencil or doesn't make eye contact it's written down and it's sealed <laughs> in his file but for the parent for you who's listening just know that we understand everybody's journey is different but we understand how challenging this can be and we understand everything that's at stake and everything that's overwhelming and our goal here is to help you find just a tiny tiny bit of peace and light when you're in that room or during the school year when your IEP isn't being implemented or when you have to write that letter. Nobody likes writing those letters. I've had many conversations about those letters where people are like, it takes me two hours to sit down, but it's two hours. And if you can just detach from how wrong it is that you have to write it and just know, I just have to write this letter and I'm going to write it. And then you put it in and you let go and you move to the next step. So you don't let those little bits consume you and eat at you. That's my hope. That's my hope is that you can have that peace and and some ease in the journey because just being a parent is hard. Just being a parent has challenges. And when you're fighting this fight of IEPs and you're going into it, I just think the best of the best can still just be punched in the gut. Know that we're in your corner and uh, we'll we'll give you the water if we could. Yeah. Cut me, Mick. <laughs> but I think the, of the Rocky. real cold steel yeah. compression. Yeah. On the yeah. Uh, just and and know that you're not alone. And I'm going to say that again: is that you are not alone, and every thing that you do matters and is such a beautiful gift to your child. You're always doing what you can do, and we choose our battles. I know it's not fair that we have to choose, but we choose. And then the next time we go in and maybe we make a different choice or we're like, that really worked and, we, and we, we're going to stick there. So I think what most for this IEP is that, you know, we'll, we'll continue to fight knowing most likely this IEP is going to end in a due process for the most, you know, yeah. most likely. And you fight that fight and you fight your fight, whatever you're able, whatever you're able to do. That's you, your journey, and there's no wrong. You're just doing your best. There are some tools, though, that you can take into each IEP to encourage others to do their best. And, man, if we could just have a lawyer sit by every parent that goes into an IEP, we would. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be wonderful for us. Uh, there are websites, even just the LAUSD or whatever school district you're in, you can go to their website, and there's actually a section that goes over the laws and the procedures and the processes and there's lots of things that you can find on the internet that you can go in at least with a little bit more knowledge Mm -hmm. and don't be afraid to ask questions if someone says something that makes no sense at all ask the question and get their answer and you're recording their answer remember so don't be afraid to ask questions don't be afraid to stand in your truth and do what feels right in your gut as far as for advocating for your child if you have a question if there's something that you feel that they need if there's something you want to request don't be afraid don't don't be afraid i encourage you not to be intimidated i encourage you to trust yourself i encourage you to educate yourself you don't sign anything mhm until you know and there you can even usually find an advocate or a lawyer that you can just say here's my IEP can you read over it and then they're not there with you but they'll read Mm -hmm. over it for a fee 
and tell you yay or nay or what works or do you know it says this and and you know seek that out but I but I, I encourage you to know that you're not alone I encourage you to get all the information put everything in writing trust in yourself and take a breath and don't be afraid when you said that don't be afraid it really was a great way to sum it up because that's what if I knew then means yeah if I knew then I wouldn't have been afraid I think yeah fear might be the I I, I guess sometimes I even feel like I'm writing so many letters or oh I'm doing this oh gosh I walk in the office and nobody likes me but that's not my business who likes me or not So yeah, the fear, I I think that's gotten me in the past. Uh, But I I did learn from this IEP that definitely communication is the best. Definitely something that I will even work on more is to communicate, to, to ask for those service logs, to communicate if things are getting completely to the point where you're like, this is absolutely wrong and you have to call somebody else in then you communicate, you send, you send that letter to your principal, you send that letter wherever it needs to go. So we're gonna continue the fight. If we knew then, we'd know that, that we have nothing, nothing to fear and that fear will only intimidate us in ways that- Limits us. Absolutely. Thank you. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod. Or visit our website, ifweknewthen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Come and talk.